broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 254. I am the guest host. I'm Squishy. Yeah, I, I just realized I did that wrong. Yeah, we didn't talk. yeah, we didn't talk about how we're going to do it, but we're filling in. It's late on a Saturday night, so things might get a little get bit goofy on this show tonight. How's it been hanging, Dr. Squishy? Yeah, it's been going all right. I, uh, I've had a little bit of time off. Apologize for anyone who loved the show that uh, we did, but the uh, last six months have been a little bit busy. School, moving, living in the Midwest. It's been a change of pace. Living in the Midwest itself is a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I, I live in a town of about 20,000 people right now, and it's considered the big town of the area. Uh, I work in a town that has about 2,000 people in it. Uh, it, it. It's very odd, but what's really funny, despite living in the smallest town I've ever lived in, I have the best internet that I've ever had. I, <laughs> I've got I've got a 50 meg download that I pay $40 a month for. I, I did. Bonkers. I did notice that you're doing video chat with me this week. Uh, for people who didn't know, and they, how would you? We've never brought it up. Uh, when you when we used to do guest spots on Moving Picture Show with you or Squishy's Comics and Movies, you always requested, guys, can we do audio only? My my connection can't handle a video call. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and no, you're you're video chatting with me now, so this is awesome. Yeah, it was funny when my internet was installed. The guy was almost apologetic about only having a 50 meg connection. He said that their plans for now, I guess, mid 2016, are to get up to around a 100 meg download for the 40 bucks a month. Ugh. So th- Did there you are. Tell s- him that you'll forgive him this time. This time, there are some benefits to living in the middle of nowhere. The I, fact you that- know what? I have small town internet myself, and I've told people they're they're upgrading us to gigabit here in the next year. Yeah, that's. That is something all right. But it's a trade-off. You know, really good barbecue, really fast internet, but I'm an hour and a half from a Target. So, oh, well, the sacrifices of my life. (laughs) Well, if you guys did miss uh, Moving Picture Show or Squishy's Comics and Movies, just remember that podcasts, uh, as God says, are like a lot of religions. Six Six out of seven fail their first year. So... Where the heck were you going with you? You had an idea of where you were going with that read, and that it's it, from The Simpsons. You know, when Homer starts his own religion and he has conversations with God. Okay, that's that's fair. But no, we uh, yeah, we we did have to stop that show for a while. Um, Schmitty and I are actually looking into a, a possible YouTube series, doing a, a movie news segment, about a four or five minute show. So we'll we'll see if that materializes here in the next few months. But uh, stay tuned to all of Stolen Droids media channels to find out more. Yep. All right. Well, um, again, shout out to our sponsors over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, stitcher.com, Eagle Moss Limited, and um, Pepperidge Farm Brussels Cookies, who I I have just eaten like an entire package of these Mm, just tonight. See, yeah, you have to say it a little bit like a New Englander, you know, Pepperidge Farm. You, you drop the F completely. You know, I, I worry that every time I try and pull off a New England accent, I'm just going to sound like I'm making fun of the family guy, which if there is a Bostonian anywhere near me when I do that, I am going to get beat up. Yeah, not going to get beat up for it, but, you know, I, I might smack you a little bit. The problem is when people try to do a Boston accent, they're either trying to do Peter Griffin uh, or they try for New Jersey or New York. The Boston accent is different from New York, New Jersey, uh, but those subtle nuances can sometimes be missed. Say hi to your mother for me. Okay, so 
Where is Honor? Well, Honor is still stuck in Ohio with no internet access. Uh, he's training for his new job. Um, last week, we appreciate everyone's patience while I gave you all a flashback of episode 41, That's Our Sausage. Um, kind of funny listening to the old one. One, in how horrible our sound quality used to be. We've learned a lot in almost five years. And two, some of the predictions that came up from that. That was kind of hilarious. We were talking mm-hmm. about how that was the episode where it first came to light that people thought that we were responsible for killing Blackberry back when it was still called Rim. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, we were wondering how Android was going to fare up against iPhones because iPhones kind of ruled the roost. Uh, Zoner was very, very sure that Google Plus was making a huge comeback. What, what's Google, what's Google yeah, Plus? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we do have feedback. We have a lot of feedback, actually. So we're going to go uh, through it here. Uh, first off, our most recent one is from Glue. I feast on Glue. Uh, and he requests that we please do a geek food show once a month. I want to say as a listener, appreciate the dedication that Stolen Droids has to bring to a show every week. It's awesome. Thank you, guys. I think RIM is still holding well against the iPhone. How will it be doing in 2014? Have a good one, guys. Yeah. Um, you know, I will say this. Back when we recorded that show... And episode 41, I don't even remember when that would have been. It must have been three years ago or so. About four years. Well, we this is what, 243? 254. 254, two, okay. So that's yeah. 211 episodes. Yeah, about four years, a little more than that. Yeah, wow, wow. I don't think anyone would have been able to guess back then that the iPhone would still so closely resemble what it looks like now. I think I screwed that up. But you, you know what I'm saying. It was no, so revolutionary. Actually, I really yeah. don't. When it came out, it was revolutionary. It mm. completely destroyed all the old tropes about smartphones. You had the Blackberries. You had the Palm Pilots. You had the Windows Mobile. And they were all the same Okay, no, no, no. You had, you had the Windows Mobile. Nobody else did. No, I, no, no. I think Bill for a gave long that time, to you personally. Windows Mobile was the smartphone to go to for businesses. Because sure. before the iPhone... Before the iPhone, normal consumers didn't have smartphones. I am fully willing to give Apple complete 100% credit for bringing the smartphone to the masses. Mm. Before then, the only, if you had a smartphone, it was because your work made you have one. Sure. And it was a Windows Mobile or a BlackBerry or a Palm. Yeah. You know, it, that, that, that was it. Sure. We, we talked about it. Before I got my, my iPhone and I jumped on with iPhone 4, I think, uh, I, I had a BlackBerry for a couple of years. And as a phone and a portable messaging device, it was great. But if I tried to do, get it to do anything beyond those two things, it pretty well crapped the bed. Yeah. Yeah. No, iPhone, yeah, mad props to Apple and the iPhone. It brought it to the masses. But when we recorded that episode, it was on such still, such a meteoric rise. It was going to take over the world. It was going to do everything. And to be fair, it did. But I don't really know if any of us really saw just how popular and robust Android was going to become. How I think we all still thought Android was going to become like the close second to iPhone and not just absolutely destroy it. Well, now, it's still a two-horse race between the two of them, let's be honest. I wanted Windows Phone to take off, and it didn't. Yeah. But, but you know, and, and I, I definitely speak from the layman's perspective, but I think that they were always playing two different games. You know, how many different Droid phones are there right now? Too many. Way too, too many. many. Exactly. How many different iPhones have there been? I think they're at 10 or 11, maybe? 
Yeah. Some might might be into the low teens if you factor in like the C's and the S whatever's. And of course we're not counting the different variants within like the 32 gig or the 6 that's done. Na- naturally. Yeah. But I Apple makes a very precise product. They know what they're doing, they know who they're aiming at. Next time you go on a plane as they walk you by first class back into the baggage area, look at the people sitting in first class. See how many of them have iPhones. Look at TV shows and movies in the last few years. How many of them have iPhones? Apple has always gone for a different segment of the audience than even Microsoft did. You know, Windows was the product for the people. Apple was the product for the artist. It was the product for the innovator, for the cool. It was the product for the people who were better than you. Exactly. You can't afford this good. It was, you know, yes, Starbucks tastes exactly the same as the gas station coffee, but you feel better about yourself when you pay $5 for that cup of whatever. So it was never really apples to apples. Um, you know, I, I just realized the apple pun there. It's not even a pun. <laughs> I realized it's 11 o'clock and I'm tired. But they went different ways. That, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on. Um, we have other feedback. Ruffs writes in regards to episode number 253, which was from two weeks ago. Last week didn't have an episode number, just so we're clear here, people. Uh, hi, guys. Zowie, 27 minutes before news. Are you sure you weren't trolled? Uh, he's referring, of course, to the feedback we got from Steville, um, saying that we were just we're complete snobs when it comes to tech, and we don't really understand the layman or that uh, we just were being too harsh on people for still having Windows XP. Uh, and that's a good point. Maybe we were trolled. 27 minutes was long. By the way, before I get further into this, and I don't want to draw this out to another segment, uh, Squishy, hmm. uh, are you a director of IT? No. Um, do you program computers for a living? No. On a scale of 1 to 10, what is your level of comfort with um, new technology? How tech savvy are you? Uh, depends on how well you and Schmitty understand it, because if you guys understand it, then you can walk me through any of my little foibles or stumbles. It, it is funny. This is a conversation that Zook and I have had that to my family and to the people around me, I'm quite technically proficient. To them, I'm sort of a caveman banging two rocks together. Yeah. Uh, you have once told me that on a scale of one to ten, you're like a negative two. Mm. I think, you know, I, I, I'd i say you're more around a five, six. I'd say five. Yeah. Five, yeah. six. We're, we're putting, you know, Steve Jobs on one side and a, a, one, one a of the politician on the other. Yeah. Exactly. Somebody from Duck Dynasty on the other side. Five, six. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, your computer must still have Windows XP, right? Uh, no, I run Windows 10. Because yeah, it's okay. better. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I think my last Windows X, this is not exaggerating, I think my last XP machine would probably have been 06, 07, something um, like that. I think you still had XP when I worked on your computer last, which is right before you got married. Well, because, no, that was the computer you fried, and that was the last computer of mine that you worked on. Uh, yeah, that one probably would have been XP. I so, think Schmitty fried that one. No, that was you. Okay. That was you. And I got married eight years ago. So yeah. it's it's been seven, eight years at least I just, since I had just, an XP just, machine. Just, to be fair, back then I was in a bad place, you yeah, know. You. <laughs> um, so he says, anyways, a couple of comments. One, I'm still here listening. Thank mm-hmm. you, Ruff. We appreciate it. Thanks Two, for listening. 
Zook, you always talk down to people. What are you, 6'2", six, 6'3"? Six, I'm actually 6'1", but uh, Squishy here is 6'3". Yeah. Uh, and to be to be fair to the listeners at home, I've known Zook now for about 20-something years, 21, 22 years. He's talked down to people his entire life. It's not just a height thing. It's just sort of how he is. It's what we love about him. I like to think that I'm not trying to talk down. I'm trying to simplify things in a way that people everywhere understands. Mm. And I understand why that comes across as condescending. I don't mean it that way. Really, I'm just trying to get everyone on the same page the fastest way possible. I'm like Jesus that way. Well, actually, that is condescending. In in the non-dickish interpretation of the term, to condescend would be to con- to bring to the same level. Oh, but everyone just takes it in kind of a dickish way? Exactly. Oh, okay. So it's their fault. It's not yours. Sweet. I'm condescending, but it's your fault. Yeah. I like it. I'm going to run with that now. That's my new uh, status update. Uh, number three, in your group grouping of people from a tech perspective, you missed a group. I refuse to put my banking details on my cell phone as I don't trust the phone's security. When the system gets hacked big time, you will have a new poor the new poor who can check their phone to see how much money they lost, and you will have people like me, checkbook, credit card, etc. What do you call that? Holdout or responsible? Cheers rough um ps and then he gives me some uh, in, insight on his htpc we uh, he and i both go back and forth on what we use for media centers so uh, some information there uh rough the problem is is that while you think that yeah your cell phone is less secure than your checkbook and i get that from a physical perspective mm. someone can hack your phone versus they can't hack a book of checks but your money is actually stored on the bank systems and both ways of getting it, either the phone or the checkbook, are just as susceptible. Uh, so I, I get what you're saying. If you walk by someone and they happen to have an RF sniffer that can search out your phone, break its encryption, and get the information from it as you walk by, that's terrifying. Hmm. Um, and if that doesn't already exist, it will soon, I'm quite sure. sure. And walking by with a wallet of cash or a checkbook, that's not a threat. So I, I get what you're saying. However, what we've been shown historically is that while those things do happen, the big-time money comes from people actually hitting the banks directly. And so it's their technological security that you need to worry about, not your own. That's just my take on it. Yeah. Um, we have feedback from Paul. Um. Paul, Paul's from Ireland, I think, or is it Scotland? He's from Scotland. He's British. The Queen's on the same money. thing. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. We're gonna hear from him. Mm, um, sorry, dude. So he had some feedback for Stevel about his feedback. I'll paraphrase because um, not all of it's kind, but uh, he does say, "Hmm, maybe you should make a new show for Stevel, Broken Droids." A whole show about Windows 10 problems and to finish off the XP patch of the week. Uh, I think Steve needs a... Well, just leave that there. Yeah, it might have involved Haggis. We'll, uh, <laughs> this is a family-friendly show. We do our best to keep it friendly for little ears who might be listening in the car. Yeah, and I try and... Uh, I, I, I try to... Uh, uh, respect all points of view even if i don't agree with them and certainly it's everyone's right to disagree and speak up we ask for it so if you have feedback let us know feedback at stolen droids.com or give us a call 801-917-geek 
we're always happy to hear it. And here we are, 16 minutes in on this episode, and we still haven't even hit our headlines yet. So let's do that, because there have been a few since we last recorded. Not many, a few. Uh, For one, Apple's policy of it just works hit a snag the week we weren't recording when it was it just works unless we purposely bricked it on you. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, So error 53 happened. And if you haven't heard about this, you should feel very thankful because it means it didn't happen to you. But it turns out a new update to iOS 9 introduces a security check, we'll call it. Now, they're still not really sure exactly what the security check did. Uh, It has been pointed out that it is likely a security check to check the um, the ID of the fingerprint sensor on newer iOS devices with the firmware of the iOS device. There's a reason behind this, and it's not a bad reason, honestly. As much as I like to give Apple crap, it makes sense. If you can access your mobile information using your fingerprint and someone just goes in and replaces the fingerprint sensor, well, then how is the device to know that it's still secure? Sure. Makes sense. You know, it makes sense. You know, if, oh, hey, I just stole Squishy's iPhone, and I know that he has tap to pay, but he's secured it with a fingerprint. If I just go and muck up the fingerprint sensor, boom, I'm in, and I can make all sorts of purchases with his phone. It's kind of what Ruff was saying there in terms of, of tech. So it invalidates the security of the device rather than say, oh, sorry, your device is no longer secure. You lose access to any of these security functions. It just said, oops, sorry, error 53, I'm bricked. Okay. Um, Well, now, how could this happen? Well, if you ever had your device fixed by a third party... So Which, let's as say, the Apple as the resident Apple snob is a dumb thing to do. Oh yeah, sure. Don't do that. Don't do that. Take it to the genius bar. Um, sure. it's their those, phone. They made it. Make those teenagers know what they're, well, they didn't make it, but yeah, but they're should, liable for it, it. If you go to the Hong Kong Apple store they're Wow. That was on the verge of going to a really racist place. Oh, go gonna, for it. I'm, go I'm for it. That. No, no uh, but so they, they probably are the ones who made it. Yeah, no, I get it. They had an aunt die who was making it. Um, I'll do it for you. I'm Asian. (laughs) Send any complaints to squishy at stolendroids.com. But if you did take it someplace, or if you tried to fix it yourself, which I know some people who do, um, sorry, you just immediately got that that error. Even if it wasn't the fingerprint sensor you messed with. Uh, If you change the firmware in any way, it's bricked. Can it be fixed? No. And because fixing it by a third party or doing it yourself uh, inherently voids the warranty, mm-hmm. you've just nominated yourself for a brand new phone out of your pocket. Yep. Now, that being said, there have been cases that have popped up of devices that were serviced by Apple still getting the Error 53. Um, and also, if people at Apple stores swapped parts from an i a working and legitimate iPhone into another working legitimate iPhone. It still gives the error fifty three. So this isn't an error issue with like third party parts or um, knockoff parts going into your iPhone. Apple has developed some kind of way of tracking which sensor goes into which phone, and if you change that, you're screwed. 
And this system has probably always been there. It just finally got activated with this update to iOS 9. This seems extreme. Like, I understand you want to keep it secure. Your your phone now is a portal into your life. If someone gets full access to your phone, they can cause a lot of damage. But, for instance, I have an Android, and if I try to active, activate Android Pay, which doesn't work for me right now because I screwed it up, but if I try to, they'd say, sorry, you have to activate the security features for this phone now. You have to put a pin code in or, or a touch pattern. Or if I have a fingerprint sensor on it, you have to enroll your fingerprint now. As soon as I say, yeah, I know I did that, but I hate putting in the PIN code. Let's disable that. As soon as I do that, Apple Pay, or Android Pay says, sorry, you can't use this feature anymore, and just disables completely. It's just gone. Anything that was protected or locked or encrypted on my phone, I now no longer have access to until I re-enable those security settings. That seems like kind of the more consumer-friendly way to go. Why do you think... I mean, you are a resident Apple user. Mm. Why do you think they went with this direction, or do you think it was even a conscious choice? If it was a conscious choice, the only thing that could pop into my head is the idea of, well, why would you ever need to replace it? None of our people would do that. Exactly. Our machine wouldn't break. If you were pushing the button properly, then you wouldn't have that issue. So do you think it's more of a, again, we have to stress, if this was a conscious decision, it was more of a, well, they probably deserved it anyway, so they well, should buy a new phone. I, I think, I, I don't believe, having no information, of course, because they don't talk to me, I would assume it was an accident. Um, I've always gotten the impression that Apple software and hardware people work independently of each other. They do not talk. They do not talk. They are separated by large buildings and guards and dogs that are, you know, specially trained dogs with their own blue t-shirts. Um, the, the greatest example of that would be, I have an Apple TV. I have an older one. Uh, I actually got it for my dad because he bought it, couldn't figure it out and gave it to me. Thanks dad. And the remote for it is this sleek, beautifully designed thing. And I can only imagine that it was designed first by the design people, people in black turtlenecks and trendy t-shirts and, you know, whatnot. It was designed by the style people first and then handed to the engineers who said, okay, now make it all work. Apple has style over substance. That's been their thing pretty much forever. It's how they roll. So I, I'm going to guess it was just some kind of a miscommunication between hardware and software that led to an unintended problem. And uh, again, that's why you take your stuff to get fixed by legitimate people, because if they break it, they replace the phone. Yeah. I, and I would like to point that out. And this is not me saying, hey, mine's better than Apple. But even me, even I, who I like to service my own things, I hmm. void warranties. It's what I do. Sure. But I went out and bought a Windows tablet, um, oh geez, like July, and after a few weeks, it stopped working properly. Did I research what, it was, what was going on? You bet. Did I try and fix it myself? To a degree. But after a while, you have to bite the bullet, call India, have them send you out a box to ship it into the service depot, because in the end, I have a warranty. I paid for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a pain, and they ship me, ship me it back out working again. Yeah. Three weeks later, it happened again. I called up India. 
same rigmarole. I got it back. Four weeks later, a new problem has arisen. Just recently, I called them up and said, I'm sorry, you've had your chance. This would be the fifth time sending it in. I'm not doing that anymore. You either need to refund this or exchange it. You know what they said? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Uh, we are going to go ahead and do that for you. Uh, we'll send you out a new one. Don't send in your old one till you get the new one. Make sure you like the new one and it's working properly. Send the old one back in its box. Mm-hmm. Next morning, I was called again. He said, you know what? We're very, very sorry. We don't actually have that tablet anymore. We don't have any units to send out to you. We're sending you out the upgraded newer version that's two inches bigger with twice the specs. We hope that this makes it up. And I don't want to say that Apple would always do that, but Apple's more likely to do that if your phone had something wrong with it and was under warranty and you took it in and got it back. And then two weeks later, hey, I'm getting this error 53. I need you to fix it. It's on you. They would. You know, there is something to be said about going back to the manufacturer. Sure. Don't go back to a third party or try and do everything yourself. Yeah. So, um, speaking of Microsoft, they lost with Windows Phone. You know, we already brought this up. I will fully admit it. It's uh, it's too bad in some ways, but knowing Microsoft's track record, it was also kind of inevitable. But they've actually been making really great headway on Android. Not only does Microsoft get money from every Android handset sold, for reasons we've covered on this show before, but they found that, you know, if we release apps for free into the Android ecosystem, people use them. And if they use them, that still gets them onto our cloud services. And if they get onto our cloud services, we still get money. And as we talked about in episode 253, Microsoft's cloud services have been going up 29% year over year. So, hey, so they've actually just made uh, deals with 74 more manufacturers to, these are Android manufacturers, people who develop and release Android devices. They're going to come with Microsoft products pre-installed. And these are the big ones. They're talking about Word, Excel, OneDrive, OneNote, Outlook, PowerPoint, Skype. Is their bread and butter stuff? And this kind of makes sense to me because Windows or Microsoft has always been a software developer. You know, they're they're of the mentality of they don't want to spend sell you five hundred bucks today, or they don't want to get your five hundred dollars today. They want to get five bucks from you every month for the rest of your life, and to buy that new update, they're they're going to get you a little bit at a time for the rest of time. Right. Well, it's kind of like the Xbox, if you think about it. Hey, you know what? We're willing to take a $20 hit on this Xbox you just bought because, oh, by the way, you're paying us $15 a month every month right. for years on end. For you're paying Xbox for Xbox Live. Live. You're paying for new games every month. You're getting you down the road is how they do it. Right. And it's funny because Schmitty and I had this talk. I was looking at... Uh, I told him, this is before my new tablet came in, and I was like, oh, man, I should just sell it and get rid of, get rid of it entirely. Um, get a new Android one. Should I do that? Or And I made the comment to him that I use Microsoft services. But Microsoft services work better on Android than Google services work on Microsoft products. Trying to get Google to work nicely with my Windows 10 machine is like pulling teeth. It's like boxing. You it, just have to kind of dodge things and kind of trick the services into working. 
And we should also point out, much to his embarrassment, I think Schmitty still has a Zune. So he's uh, he's a big fan of Microsoft Tech. So yeah, well, Zune is a was a good it was a good little guy. They just <laughs> lacked the store, which is really I, I will I will throw this out here, and you can correct me, or anyone else there out out there in the universe can correct me. The iPod would have failed after its initial run if the iTunes Store hadn't grown so powerful that. Its initial appeal of, hey, look how cool it is, look how easy it is to use, look how sleek it is, and its incredible runtime, and that click wheel, which was awesome, mm-hmm. that all would have worn, aw- worn off after a few years. And it would have gone the same way as the Zune or the Creative Zen before it if the iTunes store hadn't been so brilliant. Sure. Oh, you want a new song? 99 cents. You can buy it right there on the iPod. No, no question. The iTunes store, I don't know if it gets enough credit. It might be one of the biggest game changers in technology and media in the last 50 years. Certainly consumer technology. I mean, it, it changed music. It changed movies and television. It changed Apps. app. Yeah. Yeah. 99 cents in this little device you have could be the very best whatever for that purpose. I, I have always thought of just the... No, no one could ever say that uh, Steve Jobs didn't have ego. And if you want to know how big his ego was, look at the App Store. Because he essentially went to every musician and he said, all of your music is worth the same price. So, Michael Jackson, your song is worth 99 cents. Taylor Swift's grandfather, who I guess would have been around when that hit, your song is worth 99 cents. Kenny Rogers, your stuff is worth it. The stones to be able to come out and say, we're giving you a platform to sell your stuff and you're going to sell it for what we tell you to sell it, changed the business. It changed the recording industry, saved the recording industry. They don't believe that, but well, I, I think this is wise, though, because on top of the fact that, you know, Microsoft actually makes good Android apps. Sorry, if any, if there's any Microsoft haters out there, every Android app they have works really well and it's really well built. But people don't naturally go out and say, "Ooh, I have to make sure I download the newest version of Word for Android. Because I, I, let's be honest, who does? So to get these devices preloaded is a brilliant move. No uh, in fact, We've already uh, said that Cyanogen OS, which is what comes out on the OnePlus One and the OnePlus Two, will come bundled with Cortana instead of Google Now. Hmm. It'll be the uh, the default search. So, yay! Um, Google is announcing a new version of Chrome for Android. Okay, great. Who cares? Normally, I don't, but this one has an added little feature that I'm struggling to see how it's going to become relevant for us and maybe it's because i'm not one of the homebrew crowd that we talked about a couple episodes ago um maybe schmitty is totally on top of this and he's he's been waiting for this and i'm just not quite there yet what it'll do is it'll always be running in the background and it'll be sending out it'll be looking for signals on your phone and trying to find actual beacons in real world if there's a beacon running Bluetooth and it pairs to your phone, Chrome will open up and allow you to create what they're kind of referring to as a physical web or a physical internet. Now, this sounds really weird. Yeah. Until you, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like next, next level, nth level weird. 
But the example they give is like a vending machine. So when you're walking by, your vending machine calls out to your phone and your phone responds, hey, I'm a vending machine. Are you thirsty? And you say, yeah, I am kind of thirsty. And you can walk over to the vending machine and with your phone say, yeah, I want this drink. And the vending machine goes, great, I've uh, debited your account. Here's your drink. On one hand, I kind of understand this is the future of things because we use our phones for so much already. On the other hand, I don't really want things in the world reaching out to me unsolicited. It reminds me of that scene in Minority Report when he gets off the subway and it scans his eye pattern and or he goes into a store and scans his eyes and they ask him what he thinks about the jeans that he ordered. Yeah. That, that is an interesting thing. I, I'm far from the biggest privacy hawk, but that does sound like it opens some rather scary or potentially troublesome doors. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I, I also see this being... Let's be honest, people, okay? With how many episodes we've recorded, how many of them have been security breaches? Not the episodes, but we've talked about security breaches with it. People in general can't be trusted to keep their computers up to date, their phones up to date. They are the weak link in all security. So, oh, hey, this vending machine is running a deal. You know, all drinks are half off. Yeah, hey, I want some of that. Boom, I've paired myself to you. Oh, what do you mean you've just debited my account for all my monies? I just I just wanted to pay 25 cents for a soda. Yeah, or how many stories have you seen about kids who've gotten onto PlayStation Store or Xbox Live and spent $1,000 on stuff with FIFA or you know, bought met packs and packs of Madden cards? My kids borrow my phone and we're in the wrong part of town. That's going to be an expensive stoplight. <laughs> my, I swear, sweetie, that wasn't me. My son just bought like condoms from 50 different machines driving through town. Yeah, I don't think she'll buy that one. <laughs> my uh, my daughter uh, got to my wife's phone, and next thing we know, my wife is trying to figure out why she's bought $16 worth of different colored blades on Fruit Ninja. <laughs> now, though, with, you, with your kids, and well, also with my kids, I'm not sure how much of an accident those purchases were. I think the little buggers knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah, they totally knew what they were doing. But it was my four-year-old, and the concept of actual hard money is not really well set in her mind yet. So This is true. Uh, she's gone on to many video games, and, oh, spend the coins. Yeah, you earned those coins in the last match. Spend the coins for an upgrade. And so she goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend these coins. Little did she know, they were actual coinage. Yeah. Electronic money's fun. So how's Bitcoin doing these days? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know what's really annoying? Facebook Bitcoin? videos. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Um, we've talked about these before. Um, Facebook advertises that they have the best video service out there ever because, look, the retention is incredible. People click through on YouTube ads like crazy and they leave. People actually are interested in our videos. Everyone is playing. They're playing all the videos and they're watching them all. Isn't that great? Well, the problem is, is that people are watching them because if you are scrolling through Facebook, the videos autoplay. They don't give you a choice. Now, you can disable that, but they, uh, they autoplay on mute. 
So Facebook is able to um, erroneously claim that they have a larger engagement factor than YouTube does because all their videos are playing. Never mind the fact that no one is paying attention to them. I pay attention to the food videos. Those like BuzzFeed videos of people You've making. posted one. I oh my goodness, one. I love those things. I'm like, it's, it is the end of the world. These are the end days when Squishy has just posted how to make a, I don't know, chicken primavera something. I'm a fat guy. I like food. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. But so I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, whatever. Those videos are there. I, they're like that. And occasionally I'll see something that I find kind of interesting. But even then I get to cheat the system because I don't have to actually play the video to see the payoff. Right, I just leave my phone on mute. I let it autoplay, and I let it autoplay to the point where I get kind of bored with it, and I keep scrolling. Well, now Facebook is introducing a new feature to automatically caption all videos. So they're going to start adding in closed captioning on their own. So even if you're like me, and you never actually hit play on the video to hear the sound, you still get to read everything that's happening. I'm not sure if this is diabolical or appreciated. Can I just point something out here? I think this might be, and we, we've, I, I've listened to this show now for many years. I've contributed on several. This may be one of the biggest first world problems we've ever complained about. That I've there's challenged that, but I can't come up with a better one yet. The frustration of closed captioning on autoplay Facebook videos. Look, this is a real concern, okay? You have far too few problems in your life if that bugs you. I can't talk about the other ones or else I cry. This is um, true. <laughs> one of them gets a monthly stipend check from me. Okay, so um, let's talk about some other Facebook tech. Now, two weeks ago, episode 253, we did talk about Starry. Starry is the uh, new startup from the dude from Aereo, whose name I can't pronounce, who's trying to bring military-grade technology to the Internet. He's trying to bring it to homes to get millimeter-waved wireless so all you have to do is put an antenna up on your roof, and it'll use millimeter wave radio to beam internet to and from your house. Now, in blissful digital utopias such as Squishy, Squishy's tiny town and my tiny town, we don't need this because we've got fiber in the ground and they're giving us wicked fast speed. But in other areas where there isn't wicked fast speed, this could really be a game changer. Now, when we last talked about this, I did bring up that this is the second attempt, uh, Sprint Wireless. Back in the day when Squishy and I were actually roommates, before we got cable internet, back when it was AT&T broadband internet, uh, Sprint came out first, if you remember. We brought them up onto the roof of the apartment, mm -hmm. tried to see if we could get a, a clear line of sight to where their substation was, but there was that line of trees behind the complex. Um. So this millimeter wave technology still has that going for it. It still needs line of sight. It still is affected by weather. And up until last week, it was still only being done by this one guy who lost his last business to a Supreme Court ruling. Well, now Facebook is jumping on it because Facebook can't get enough getting the Internet to people. They also want millimeter wave technology brought to the masses. I don't know if this is actually helpful or not. Because weren't they also the ones working on blimps over Africa, beaming internet down to people? Who was it that uh, was paying homeless people to walk around as Wi-Fi hotspots? That was that one was one of my favorite stories of 
Oh yeah, you remember that? I, I can't. Remember I think I, remember, I think it was during the Olympics. They paid homeless people to walk around with sandwich boards, and they were Wi-Fi hotspots. This was true. This wasn't a joke. They were actually. They had backpacks that had some kind of techno magic thing inside of them that gave internet out. I, I don't know. If anybody remembers, I'd love to hear that feedback. <laughs> for, for every hour you wear this, it will give you a sandwich. Yes. Now, if you start Googling homeless people Wi-Fi, that might take you to some interesting corners of the internet. We at Stolen Droids Media are not responsible for where that takes you or what the FBI then finds in your search history. Incognito mode, people. Keeps mm. it from your spouse. So... Yeah, this is kind of one of the weirder things. I don't know if I've ever seen a single Facebook technology uh, in this area ever take off. So I'm not really sure how helpful this is going to be. I find it interesting that they keep trying to be the ones to bring us Internet. Well, they keep trying to be the ones to bring you the next thing. I, I think Zuckerberg gets bored. I really do. That Facebook is such a juggernaut, and he's made more money than God's accountant. And it's going to continue to make money. I mean, as much as people complain about it, Facebook's not going anywhere. So he keeps trying to do the next thing because the guy's like 36. You know, he gets bored. He, so, to, he, he should build an Iron Man suit. Elon Musk I, isn't doing it. I, it wouldn't. So, honestly, would it surprise you if you read a story tomorrow on a legitimate site that Zuckerberg had bought some garage uh, robotics company to develop powered exoskeletons. No, it wouldn't. You, you, you know, you wouldn't be surprised at all. And they're going to have built an Oculus Rift and you'd be able to update your Facebook status while killing terrorists. <laughs> yeah, it would beam Facebook actually out to everyone. So you could at once liberate a small country or, you know, subjugate it and, and bring Facebook to them. And you'd be a Wi-Fi hotspot too. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Videos would so, autoplay. Really, Facebook and Zuckerberg, they're just bored, and they've got way too much money, and he gives away tons of it. I mean, he seems like a genuinely decent-ish dude for an uber-billionaire who kind of inspired the new Lex Luthor. But really, yeah, he's bored. Yeah. Well, and he, to be fair, he may not be that far off with the whole millimeter wave thing. Uh, we have a an article here at Qualcomm. Um, they're releasing a new modem. Whoa, stop the presses. I know. This is incredibly exciting news. But you have to understand, Qualcomm actually covers most LTE modems. Most phones have Qualcomm inside. Uh, in fact, that used to be a sticker that you found on all cell phones, Qualcomm chipset inside. Their new one, called the X16 modem, is promising gigabit speeds over LTE. Gigabit. So... Remember, oh, what was it, 2014, yeah, 2013, 2014, when LTE first got so fast that home ISPs were suddenly very worried that people's cell phones were moving faster than their home internet connection? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're there again. I can't wait to see how cellular carriers react to this. I'm sure it'll be a reasoned and well-thought-out response. Yeah, such as, we now have the fastest LTE in America, one gigabit speeds. Start today with a new 10 megabit plan. <laughs> and let your kids spend that data speed in about three days. Yeah. I, I don't know. It is kind of funny how that works with hardware and internet speeds. And just how much of a difference does that really make in your life? I mean, at what point, frankly, is the internet fast enough 
for what you use it for. Yeah. You know, the websites you're going to, how many can really, you know, how many can really handle that kind of speed to make any kind of difference in your daily browsing experience? This is about as layman as we get to talk about the internet because I'm talking, Uh, you know, you go to sites, you guys remember back in the day, probably when I think it was actually one of the Harry Potter sites for one of the Harry Potter movies. It was one of the first video sites that I went to where it had, uh, you know, video moving across the site once you launched it. And it, it would take forever to load on my computer because they just didn't quite match up. And now you have it going the other way where your speed is faster than the site can handle. Yep. Um, by the way, eighth book coming out. Not pleased with that. Well, no, that's actually a bit of misleading. It's not actually an eighth book. It's the script for the brought for the play. The, is it really? The, yeah, it's not a new book. Well, I mean, it is a new book because it's written by J.K. Rowling, but it's the it's the the play that's premiering in London, the one that pissed everybody off because I don't know. That's what the internet does. But yeah, it's just an ad- a book adaptation, so it, it's no different than the official novelization we're going to get of Batman v Superman. I feel better now. Yeah. Because everyone was reporting it as it was going to be like the eighth book to Harry Potter. And I'm like, really? This woman's like an 80s has-been who needs to get the news cycle every other week. Yeah, she's another one I wonder about, uh, J.K. Rowling. She has more money than, well, Zuckerberg, I think. Uh, and she gets bored. So yeah. she jumps on Reddit forums and corrects things about Dumbledore's cat or just she can't let it go. As much as people, quite rightly, myself included in my day, bitch and complain about George Lucas never being able to put Star Wars down and just say, okay, I'm done. J.K. Rowling cannot put down Harry Potter. She can't yeah. just say, it's there, it's out, go. Um. Okay, back on tech. Yeah, no sorry. one cares, but Google Plus... Yeah, it's got another nail in the coffin. Uh, they're releasing a new one called the People API. It basically does everything that Google Plus does for them. So if they have that, why keep Google Plus? Expect to see that closing probably in the next six months. Um, have you ever noticed? Um, I mean, you listen to the show. Even though Google is technically owned by Alphabet, we never say Alphabet. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's the brand name, you yeah. know. Um, here's a fun thing. The U.S. wants to put forth legislation to require all security companies who make any kind of encryption or any kind of telecommunication that uses encryption have a mandatory backdoor in it. There's no way that could end badly. Um, and here's what's really funny is that just in the last week or so, President Obama authorized a $19 billion initiative to increase cybersecurity and encryption methods used by U.S. companies and telecommunications against hackers. It must be a really confusing time there in Washington, D.C., when you have politicians, all politicians, saying we need to secure ourselves against foreign interests and um, international hackers and cyber criminals and identity theft and all these different things. And simultaneously, those same politicians all going, you know, we really should have a backdoor into everything so we can monitor stuff backdoor into security kind of negates the whole security thing. Well, and let's, let's also be fair. I mean, this is proposed legislation. You have no idea how much legislation is proposed, how many bills are even marked up before 
they have any chance of getting to committee, getting to an actual vote. So this is something that a junior congressman from California, I believe, put forth. So not exactly like this is something that's going to happen tomorrow, but yes, this is just another reminder of the fact that these are the people who run our country. So I do happen to know how many of these bills are written up by people who have no business writing about such things. Oh, sure. Uh, as, as one, uh, technology evangelist points out that if this actually gets passed, you know what people are going to do? They're simply going to use encryption methods that come from outside the U.S. They just won't use U.S.-based software anymore. Because if okay. U.S.-based software has a mandatory backdoor, they simply won't use U.S.-based software. Okay, which can I in share itself something? is a little bit of a worry. Sure. Uh, here, here's something, and this is... For those who know me, I'm about as liberal as you can get, okay? So I don't want to get into the conspiracy thing here. Uh, this bit of legislation, the um, encrypt, ensuring national constitutional rights for your private telecommunications act of 2016, was put forth by uh, Congressman Ted Liu, who was born in uh, Taiwan, actually. I-, I don't know where I'm going with that. But I could imagine if this ever ends up getting anywhere further, and if this guy ends up... I'm not saying anything, but uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not saying anything here. I'm just saying this, if it ever did actually become a thing, this would get ugly very, very quickly. Indeed. So, yeah. Um, let's jump ahead a bit. I like this one. James Woods. Don't go into James Woods. Yeah. Here's okay, a guy so, that we just, anyway. Yeah. Move okay, on. so someone tweeted about James Woods talking about his drug use, right? I don't even know what the original tweet was. It doesn't actually matter. He got really upset by that and is suing the person. But here's the problem. He doesn't know who the person is. And Twitter has said, well, we're not going to give it up. Now... At this point, most people would go, well, what can you do? It's one Twitter user. No one actually cares unless you make people care. Or if you make a big deal of it, then it's a big deal, right? Well, no, he's going forward. And Twitter's attempt to have the case dismissed was thrown out by a judge. Um, It's kind of funny here, and I I like this. I'm going to sneeze here. I'll edit that out in post. I never edit out in post. Nope. Um. Twitter tried saying, well, no, this is a violation of the First Amendment. This person has freedom of speech. And the judge quite rightly actually said, uh, that doesn't apply here. This person was absolutely allowed to use free speech. However, Mr. Woods is absolutely right to follow forth on a defamation suit. This is libel. This is slander. This isn't the government coming in and sending this guy to a gulag for what he's saying. This is, you said something, and this person's coming after you for it now. Hmm. Now, that being said, if someone tweeted something bad about me, I'm not going after them with a $10 million suit. That seems kind of like on the douchey end of the spectrum. Like, me me thinks he protests too much kind of area. Yeah, and and if you follow any of James Woods' Twitter rants, he is kind of an interesting character in his real life, and that's fine, but... This could go into a whole argument of what the First Amendment actually is, and does it protect Internet speech, uh, or is it simply have to do with government, as tend to go with it. But 
you know, I, I don't know where to go with this one because yeah, I think James Woods is kind of a dingleberry, but I also kind of see his point. This happened uh, last year, I think. There was a baseball player named Kurt Schilling who, uh, quite infamously in the geek world, started a video game company and got millions and millions of dollars from the state of Rhode Island and then bankrupted himself. Anyway, he sent out a tweet congratulating his daughter about being accepted to a a college softball team, got some really nasty, hate-filled responses, and he used his not inconsiderable amount of tech knowledge to track these guys down and make them famous. And a couple of the guys got fired for it. So... Do I think he's going to really go anywhere with this? No. Do I think he's really the champion we want? No. But maybe this could be a nice lesson to be a little bit more considered or thoughtful about what you throw out there on the Internet. Yeah. I We've always said it. Look, freedom of speech means you can say whatever you want. It doesn't mean you're necessarily exempt from repercussions from it. Yep. So, and, and I've often said the Internet is like standing out on your front porch and yelling everything at the top of your lungs to your neighbors. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're free to do it, but don't in any way think you're anonymous with it. And I have the right to call the cops and file a noise complaint. Yes. Yes, you do. Um, let's keep moving forward here. Um, some insurance brokers learn how to hack some standardized tests. Well, that's no big deal, except for the fact that, oh, by the way, by law, they were supposed to take the test, and instead they hit a button and it passed them, using a trick that I used to use on my standardized tests. Um, yeah, Kanye is making a video game about his mom. As best as anyone can tell, it's where she's flying through heaven on the back of a horse. And you know it's going to sell millions of copies. I'm just wondering, if is is anyone going to finally ask if he's having a stroke? Because I'm beginning to get worried. So I think the the overall theme of this show, if you've been playing along at home on our uh, Stolen Droids bingo card, is billionaires with way too much money, and they get bored. Bored billionaires. There, it's a show title, if ever there was one. Um, Okay, Um, Netflix is kind of in an interesting spot, they've closed their last data center. Why does that matter? Why why does that matter? Well, where does it live now? Because they've got all these movies. Where are they coming from? Well, they moved everything up to the cloud. They're all on Amazon Web Services now, which is kind of funny if you think about the fact that Amazon's a competitor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. The, the whole in, in the cloud thing. It really just means somebody else's computer. Yeah. So they basically just outsource. Instead of thinking, no, it's in the cloud now. No, they just outsource their data storage. So now yeah. instead of running their own data centers, they got somebody else to do it. But uh, this happened after, I think it was last year, they had a very bad outage that lasted for three days because their data centers couldn't handle things. Uh, and to prevent that from happening again... They went with Amazon. And Amazon Web Services, I use it at work as well for a lot of my stuff as a cloud computing platform or storage center. is quite good. Uh, So doing this, they've actually increased their speeds. So perhaps a lot of Netflix streaming will happen a little bit easier and lowered their cost, which will not make its way to your bill at all. Nope. And finally, this isn't so much a headline as it is just kind of hilarious. Um... Someone built a robot, a script robot. It, if you listen to the videos, it'll become pretty self-explanatory, but say Squishy here gets a telemarketing call, 
And he knows it's a telemarketing call, so he hits conference, dials this number, and merges the lines. The robot takes over and listens to the telemarketer and engages it. But not really usefully. It's kind of hilarious, all the different scripts it goes through. Um, and you just, there's all these, the, the person who made it uploaded the best ofs to the internet. You can listen to them. Uh, it is just hilarious listening to telemarketers trying to talk to a robot and get anywhere with the conversation. That is funny. This does strike me though as something that would have been a lot more helpful in 1995. Um, I actually can't remember the last telemarketing call I got beauties of cell phones, I guess, but still good times. It's always nice to poke fun at those people who annoy you a little bit. Yeah. Uh, into our favorites this week. Um, little surprise to anyone who knows me. I Every time OK Go comes out with a new video, it's usually my favorite. And this time is no exception. They have a new one for Inside Out, or Upside Down, Inside Out. They're in zero-G. That's not entirely true. They're actually in microgravity caused by parabolic dives towards the Earth in an airplane. If, you've, if you're familiar with the Vomit Comet from NASA, it's that. Uh, it's, it mimics zero-g because the plane takes these huge arcing dives towards the Earth, and while it's in its dive, you're basically weightless. Mm-hmm. And they do an entire music video like that. Well, just like all OK Go videos, it's all in one shot, which means at certain times the plane is actually pulling out of this dive and gaining altitude again before diving down. And I've watched it now like six times, and it's kind of fun to try and point out when physics are reasserting themselves to these people who are dancing around and singing and throwing pinatas everywhere. It's a fun video if you haven't seen it yet. Thanks. Definitely a good one. They put out the best music videos out there. The music's great and their videos are amazing. Uh, my favorite of the week is Deadpool. The fan favorite comic, the Merc with a Mouth, finally got his own big screen movie and it's fantastic. And I actually think part of what makes it so great is the fact that it was R-rated not just because that might keep some of the 12-year-olds out, but, well, it won't because they're part of the prime audience. It meant that because it was R-rated, they had a lower budget, which meant they had to do things a little tighter. They had to do uh, a bit more focus on the characters, a bit... Uh, they, they had to be more mindful of what they were doing. And it also allowed them to poke a fair amount of fun at it. Um, at one point, Deadpool points out that uh, the studio can only afford two X-Men for this movie. So... Uh, definitely go check it out. Not one meant for the little people's eyes. There is a fair amount of violence and gratuity, a gratuitous nudity, excuse me. Um, now the violence actually didn't seem that bad, but a couple days before I saw Deadpool, I just rewatched the raid too. And so perhaps your barometer was a little, yeah, bit I might be a little bit desensitized. I mean, a snuff film might seem a little bit tame at this point. So that being said, Ryan Reynolds just having tons of fun. So check out Deadpool, and if the box office reports to be to be believed, you probably already have. Now I got a question for you here, and mm. I, I realize that I may ruffle some feathers with this, but my biggest issue with going to a Deadpool movie is having to deal with Deadpool fans. Sure. Well, that is a beautiful part about living in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I went on Thursday night to a screening of it, and there were about fifty people there. Um, so it, that is a nice thing about living there. You're right. If anybody's ever been to a con or any any type of comic convention, the two main cosplays you see are Deadpool and Harley Quinn. So you're gonna get some some dude bros. Um, you're gonna get a couple of women who are dragged by boyfriends, and those relationships might not last the night. Um, 
So it, it's one that I definitely think you should see, uh, but uh, beware. Yeah, the audience might be a little bit stupid. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our show this week. Um, Squishy, thank you for joining us. I Anytime. Glad to have you. Thanks for inviting me on. If you guys have any suggestions for what we should talk about or some feedback for us, again, feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Do something on Google+, Plus just to let it know that you still care for it. Uh, and until next time, cheers. May the force be with you. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.